You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, everyone? A common request we get is, hey, guys, get more female house hackers on the podcast. Well, I'm happy to say that's exactly the guest we have in the studio today. Irina Barnett is a female house hacker, and August 2021, she started her journey. Within one year, purchased, stabilized, and had her house hack booked out. So we're going to dive into her story, uh, lessons learned, all that great stuff in the podcast today. Before I introduce Irina, I got my great host, Stacy with Envision Advisors. What's up, Stacy? Hey, Chris. So... Uh, Irina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. It was what you were, we were just, you were just, we were just talking timelines here. Uh, give the timeline for everyone because I think it just sums up everything so, so wonderfully. For sure. Yes. So, and I was going through my notes and seeing how fast it went from just being a renter into a house hacker. So, in August 4th of 2021, I was walking into one, my one bedroom studio with no furniture and talking to you on the phone. And then by next year of the same timeline, I already had my house hack property with all my rooms rented out for almost a year. Um, and then another year later, I'm here talking to you, a published author and being a house hacker and being a content creator for Rocky, Wom- Rocky Mountain Women Best. So I'm excited to be here for sure. Yeah, you, you have such a cool story with how, you know, you're, you're investing, but you also are parlaying your skills and interest into like, you know, real estate networking, yes. real estate, you know, you know, a business career that way as well. So like, I think that is part of the part of what I want to dissect on the podcast today. For sure. So you got a lot of great stuff on, you know, things that you learned on the property, but back it up a second before we talk two years ago, uh, what got you, where were you? And what got you interested in, interested in real estate investing? So funny enough, I, I learned about real estate investment through a book, um, Davis Green book, uh, how to rent from out of state. I just wanted to, I, back back then I was married and I remember just trying to find ways to just have additional income. And I said, well, one thing that I remember finding is with that a lot of, just not millionaires, but individuals who were more successful in financial needs or resources had real estate. Yep. So that got me into the book. I was like, I walked into Barnes and Nobles and there was that one about real estate. And then that led me to Bigger Pockets and that led me into you. And I remember coming to the meeting in 2018 and seeing you, I think it was the same building and just coming to the meetups with you. And then you remember- Like one of the classes? One of the classes, yeah, yes. Was, yeah. You had a class and then you had like a, a case and then you talked to individuals. And I think the attendants were like 10, 12 people sometimes. Like, I, I just don't remember the, the details, but I remember just sitting there. I'm like, oh my God, this guy figured it out. Like, <laughs> And so from there, um, I just had that, you know, itch and just carry on. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love it. And then, I mean, so you got into first thinking about out-of-state investing, right? Yes. Okay. So out-of-state investing, the house hacking is talk about different, different ends of the spectrum yes. on here. What was kind of the, the journey, the thought process? So in the beginning, I thought it would be easier just to buy properties outside of state just because they're more, I should say- They're cheaper? They're cheaper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, how am I going to like manage this property from Denver? Yeah. And back then I, I did have a property with, with my partner and I just decided, you know what, if I already buy one, if I already bought one here, I can do it again. And so that's when I pivot into like house hacking. I did not know I can just 
house hack my house and rent it. So yes. until I came to those meetups and so or meetings, such as classes. And then so I want to always kind of talk about the, you know, we, we you got bit by the real estate bug, went from out of state investing to house hacking. We connected. You started the first property hump with Stacy and talking about kind of that that part of the journey because you know that's such a huge learning experience as you're buying your first house act yes. and you're kind of figuring out, hey, what makes sense for investment? What makes sense for me? What makes sense for the strategies I wanna do? Can you kind of talk about where you were when you initially started the house, you know, the house search with Stacy? Um, I can't sure. talk yeah. details on there. I recently got divorced. So that was the biggest thing. I remember um, having my my rent uh, apartment and I remember talking to Stacy. is like, I wanna move forward with this because I wanna, reduce my living expenses. That was my biggest thing. That was your biggest goal, so reduce your yes. living expenses. And also like adding equity, because I don't feel like renting just to rent and pay that you know amount of money and not earn an equity. Because I learned that from going through the meetings, going through meetups, and everybody talked about like in how many years you can get equity. And I learned them from my first property as well. Like we were in that house for seven years and the equity almost doubled. And yep. I was like, well, I got to start again and start from scratch. And um, that's when I, I got introduced to Stacy, and I was like, I have a timeline. I want to do it by, you know, winter, fall of 2022. So. Do you remember the, the specific criteria, Stacy? Like what you guys started out with and then eventually what you bought? Well, I think you had an idea pretty much of what you wanted from the start, but it, you weren't exactly sure on the strategy you were going to employ because, you know, we say house hacking, but that can mean a bunch of different things within itself. So what was the, what were you thinking when you started? What, so my criteria was always a single family home just because it was easier to manage. And I, I, you know, I was thinking if I wanted to do any rental, then I don't want to go pay HOA. Yep. And then it'll be, it gives me, I know it's a higher risk because I manage the whole property by myself. You think about landscape and everything else, but then I'm like, I own it and I can rent it, you know, however I need to rent it. And I don't have any like limitations yep. with HOA. Um, but then, like, I think I remember it was like a three bedroom, three bath, two bathrooms. Um, when it comes to the criteria of the, yeah. of the property. And I think we went through different, a bunch of different strategies and even kind of a, a crisis point where Arena was ready to terminate on the property. Um, but oh, talk about this. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. So, found the property, got her in contract. And then, and so remind me, were you, was your original thought you were going to do short-term rentals in the property? Yes. So one of the things I learned about pivoting, especially, especially in real estate in the beginning, I thought I was going to, because we find this great property, um, that followed my criteria and also was qualified for the bank of America, you know, down payment assistance yep. as well. And so in the beginning, it was a three bedroom, two bathroom and the lower garden area was huge. And I thought, okay, I can do an Airbnb on this. And, and as I was running the numbers, because I used to run numbers every Friday night, <laughs> I would do like five deals and I just got like so interested, interested in it. But that's and, the right, you talk about habits and wealth creation. That's yes. like the wealth creation habits. I was yes. having this conversation yesterday of, hey, it's, you, you do those habits and that's what gets you to like success. Yeah. And to so be I love it. expert. Yes. And I remember I'm like, no, the, the short-term rental will not like, will not I, I just given to the numbers and the way I was thinking about it is like I had to do another laun laundry set, you know, for the upstairs and the cost was so like, to me, it was so big. And I remember talking to Jenny, talking to Stacy and talking to 
even Ben and Jeff. And then Jeff was the one who came over and he's like, no, you can divide this room in two and you can get double the income. And that's when I, I learned to just not so to pivot, you know, and to make those changes in the moment. And it's just like not to make harsh decisions. Like even though you make all the numbers and work on the numbers, it's always good to get a second, third or fourth opinion. Well, you did the right thing. Like you, you pivoted and you're like, hey, things aren't like I had this, you know, buy box criteria and this is not yes. quite fitting like I thought. What do I do? And that's where, yeah, you, you look at pivoting, but you also go out there and talk to other people. Hey, give me this idea. What would you do? What would you do? Yes. And then, I mean, you know, fortunately, you get a guy like Jeff walking. Hey, get this. Awesome. He has that. You're like, oh, that's that's obvious now. Yes, I should yes. do that. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's a I big agree. part of like, you know, hey, we're under contracts on our property and you want to slow things down. And this is really, really dig into the due diligence. More often than not, it works out. But occasions like, you know what? Yeah, we need to terminate. Yeah. Um, so what did it do to the numbers exactly? You said you were going to live, it's a three bedroom, two bath house. Yes. That you turned into a four, four bedroom, bedroom, two, two bath, bath house. Yeah. And so how many bedroom is it ranch style? It's like a split level. Split Just level. Like, yeah. Okay. So, so lower and like a higher and lower level. Where were you going to live when you were going to Airbnb it? We're going to be top upstairs, upstairs yeah. and Airbnb, like the bottom half. Yes. Okay. And rent the other room upstairs. Too. Okay. So room by room up top, yeah. Airbnb downstairs. Yes. And then after uh, getting some strategy input, you pivoted towards room by room, but adding a fourth bedroom to the basement. Correct. So what did that roughly do to like the rental income and the amount of time you have to spend into like managing it? For sure. So the one that I had for the Airbnb, I was averaging like $1,000 just for the lower level. And that would have been like I had to do another laundry set because I would just have to close off the garden level. Yep. Um, and then a laundry set for the upstairs area. And I think Stacy was like, I, I think that's going to be too expensive, the plumbing and everything. Um, and so with just rent in the room, I get a 50 per room downstairs now. So, so 1000 to 1600 And so that $1,000 can be like what you netted after expenses and yeah. all that stuff for, and is that you that, was that Airbnb. you cleaning the property yourself that was me cleaning the property myself yes okay <laughs> so now let's so two things here so you went from a thousand to what 1800 or you said 1800 16. 16. So it's like well it's 850 per okay. so, so yeah 1700 1, okay <laughs> so almost double the rent and i mean you yeah, way less. Uh, way less because yeah. it's uh, actually three months, even six months stay for those individuals. And yeah. they are required to do their own cleaning. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's phenomenal. Yes. So what were your thoughts, though? Because it's a question I've talked to a lot of, like, prospective, you know, house hackers, especially, like, uh, female house hackers, is they're concerned about the roommate situation and getting crazy roommates or managing roommates. Can you speak to that? For sure. I have stories. Uh, <laughs> just why? I mean, no, to be honest, like for me, it's more about the criteria that I wanted to follow. Jeff gave me this best. Well, to me, the, he gave me a great advice. He listed out the criteria when it comes to finances. Um, three times the income, the credit, um, get those references from landlords, get the references from employment. And since I got into the niche about travel nurses and medical students, it was just easier for me to follow those criterias. And then call and interview their employers. And, you know, especially the travel nurses, they have the contracts and I require them to give me the contracts. Or I had a student with me. She's phenomenal. She's my first renter. 
She'll be with me almost two years now, November. So, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I want to. So, the, the, the room by rumor and tools, they're, you're renting them out to really focus on like traveling nurses and medical students. Yeah. And medical students. Okay. Cause you're near, you're in Aurora near the Fitzsimmons complex, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, when I follow these criteria, I call them and talk to them. And that's how I can get, and practice make you better. So, I had conversations with them. If they're not willing to have conversations or talk more, like, then I understand. I was like, this individual would not be a great fit. They don't have to be. Um, extroverts or introverts. It's just more like, I need to have clear boundaries. These are boundaries we're going to have. These are the rules we're going to have in the house. And if you cannot follow these, then you're not perfect for the house hack, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it changes. I know we're humans. We have, our, you know, weeks are not good all the time. And sometimes work would get in the way. But like, as soon as they follow these criteria of knowing that they have to respect the, you know, the common areas, um, they have to clean bathrooms, then... It's all good. Now, I give you this though. I do have a co-ed kind of house hacking. Like I have, I've had male traveler nurses live with me as well as female travel nurses. To me, background check is almost a must. If they're not willing to even go through their first criteria of following those things, then um, it's a no, you know? And it that's how I I checked out. Yeah, it seems like you've put important processes in place to make sure yeah. that it's a comfortable living situation, not just for you, but for all, all of the roommates, right? It's not, it's multiple people that need to feel comfortable in the house. What would you say has been like kind of your biggest learning curve going through this process and setting boundaries? Um, I understand that I'm very talkative. Sometimes <laughs> I'm so social, but I understand that sometimes individuals are not like, especially had like my male child nurse. He worked 12 hours a week. I mean, 12 hours a day, sometimes like seven days a week because of the contracts. And um, he would just, hey, and I'm like, hey, and just walk into his room because he needed that space and time. So, and then I've I've had friends living with me now. And so I'm understanding their communication levels, understanding how to like, not necessarily back away, but understanding like they need the space or even me, I need my space too. So I just go to my room and that's why I have, TVs in every single room. That's the biggest thing I did. Like I, another advice I got from Jeff was like, do not put a TV in the living room. You know, there might be some discourse and people would like to watch things and everybody can go into a room to have access to all the apps, streaming services. Good to go. So Now, do you, did you tip. put a TV in every person's room? I did. You did. Okay. I did. So it's, uh, it limits um, they're having a sale in Walmart too. So I was like, oh, $120 bucks <laughs> yeah, yeah. times four, put it in there. Um, but um, for me, it was just easier. It's It limits the the capabilities of having, you know, again, like come areas, living room is like we can do board games and other activities. But to me, it's just as helpful for each of them. And for me as well, like I'm in my room enjoying yeah. my, you know. I think it makes a space. lot of sense with what you're saying. People wanting their own space, they can go there, you know, Deep, you know, just be themselves yeah. and not be bothered. And I would imagine it's an amenity, right? So that yes. helps you differentiate when you're listing the property. Like this is what the room comes with. Maybe yeah. not everybody is doing those same things. And one of the things that I learned was like when I got into this niche, because I know like for me, it's like riches are in the niches. Like I studied yes. a travel nurse, like manual that furnished finders had. Is like they had a 29 page booklet. And I remember just reading it one night and the minutes they listed was they can, weren't watching. Can, can I pause you right there? This oh. this is uh, I just want to highlight the fact they actually read the manual they published <laughs> so many times. This is just in real estate investing in general or whatever in general for you know 
doing it. People are like, oh, what do I do? I'm like, oh, did you read the free manual on the website? You no. But what do I do? Well, no, read the manual first. Yeah, like that is like there. gold there. Like that is like 90% right there. So like yeah. anyone out there doing this stuff, like there is a lot of great free stuff out there. Like that 29 page manual, whatever it is, like read it, consume it, like study it. Yeah. Highlight it. I remember printed it out and I, yes. I went to like, okay, these are the menus they want. They want a safe space. They want a clean space. They want wash and dryer on site. And they like to have the TVs and internet because if they have the tablets, let's say most of them, everybody now has their own streaming service like subscriptions on their either iPads or their phones. So internet was, was another must. And then the fact that I give them TV, they're like, you know, a girl just brought her PlayStation and she can play with a TV. And I'm like, good, you know, yeah. so it's just, but you got to study them and learn. And like, for me, it was more like the service that I provided them is like a win-win situation. They help me with my house hacking property. They help me pay my mortgage. And I provide a service for them and then they're happy living with me. And so, um, or content, I should say, not happy. <laughs> but all the, all the amenities. You sound like a pretty good need. landlord. Yeah. I, I try. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's like we have open communications. And yeah. another thing that I well, learned. Well, you're thoughtful and considerate. Yeah. And, and, and use common sense. I, Amazing. I, I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one thing that I did, I forgot to mention earlier about like what you asked me as a female, how do I do the house hacking thing? I also have open communications. I have like text messages, group chats. If they need something, like something were to break, I do my own, you know, I should say my own maintenance. So I was like, okay, I'll be there. I'll do it by this date or whatever. So yeah, communication is key. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk some numbers for a second? Sure. What, um, approximately, what was your total down payment on the place? What was the price point? Like just ballpark. So we put an offer for 429 down payment. There was a $10,000 assistance. And I think I put like 11000 on my own money. Okay. So about 11000 ish all in? Yes. Well, and then you had, you built the, the, and the, built, the bedroom. Yes. You had some so, repairs you did right away. Correct. So I added to split the room. That was 3800 Okay. And then insulation for the garage. And the other, <laughs> like, I say I spent another $5,000. I'll like, addition to the three thirty eight hundred. Okay, so, so about twenty thousand dollars all Correct. in for down payment, closing cost, and adding a room and just basic rent ready repair stuff. Yeah. All right. So twenty thousand dollars all in on a four hundred thirty thousand dollars house. Um and you bring in what like eight fifty times three? Yes. Okay, so twenty five fifty a month in rent. Yes. Um what's your mortgage payment? Two thousand one eighty six. Okay, so you're about living for free then. I am. I mean, mortgage, pays, a few other things. Pays I mean, for all my expenses too, like yeah. utilities. Wow. Yes. I don't. I think the only bill I have to pay is like the internet, which is seventy dollars. Yeah. So I guess I live for seventy dollars. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Not a bad deal. Congratulations. Thank you. I didn't realize numbers were that fantastic. Oh. Yeah. So far, it's been good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. All right. So, uh, and that's one of the things I just want to highlight here. Like, as you go back, um, you know, two, you know, a couple things that everyone's talked about here is pivoting, uh, got the numbers, started viewing different strategies, pivoted, and then focused on the niches on there. It's like, hey, I'm going to get focused on this really good niche. And of course, you being near, you know, a giant hospital is conducive to that niche. But they actually went out there and like studied that niche. And hey, what does this clientele really need out there? What mm-hmm. does what do my customer? What, what's the market need out there? And he took care of all that. So like those are two great points. Whether you do you know room by room medical professional rentals, whatever, like those are great two habits that anyone should follow. 
Um, talk about systems because I know you're big on systems. Yes. And you know the you know some documents share with us the way you you talk about it. Like, what type of systems have you set up, and what do you recommend for other aspiring house hackers out there to keep in mind for systems? For sure, I love systems. Um, <laughs> the very first one I did was like I I did a very separate email for the house hacking property. So any email address, email address. Sorry, thank you. Email yeah. address, so I can have any communication coming through that email. I created canned responses. So whenever I get an inquiry from Finders Finders or Facebook, I would just copy and send them, yep. you know, those emails. And then for the canned responses, I have three separate templates. The one that's like, thank you for your inquiry. Here are their first requirements. And then if they want to go through a process, the second one is I send them background check information. They go through it. And then the third one is you've been approved or you did not qualified. And it's just easy and stream. Um, and then I put everything in Google Drives. So all the documentation, they can sign that on a Google Drive and I have them by quarter because sometimes midterm rentals, one that I do run is yep. some midterm rentals. Um, I have them on those folders. And then you can even do templates and furnished finders too. You can have inquiries in that. And then once I have them in the house in the property, I do have group chats that I get information from. Like if they need any service provided or we out of something, then I can reply to the sex messages. Um, yeah, those are the systems I have so far. And also I do talk to them and I say, um, I do put something in the calendar to meet with them in case they want to extend mm-hmm. the rent. Because even those travel nurses, they have the option to extend the contracts if they need to. Because they've had happened to me a few times before. So what is your typical stay? What are they? Three months. So they, they are here for 13 weeks. Okay. So, and then if they add another 10 weeks, then add it and I extend it. So I do have the communication with them 45 days prior to the extended lease. I mean, the termination lease mm-hmm. or up to 30 days if they still don't know. Because at least that gives me time to put in the timeline and update my furnished finance listing. Yeah. From the time you basically update in the furnished finance, say, hey, go. What's the timeline for getting up there and getting a paying tenant in the space? The lease if time. I do it with the, between 35 to no, 45 to 30 days in advance, I do get someone by that next day. So for instance, um, I'll give an example. I have all, I think two of my tenants are moving November 30th. So they've already been established, extended lease until then. So I will have to update my rental by either mid-October or mid-September, I should say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, and then, because the contracts come out and they they do know um, how far in advance I have to move. And so I'll have somebody by... December 1st. So you'll yeah. advertise ahead of time and then you'll yes. have somebody so you won't have any vacancy for when they'll no. move out and the next person will move so in. So 30, 30 to 45 days is the window. Hey, if you get the, the property advertised and listed, you should have no vacancy or a couple days vacancy? I have I not. I think I even, I've even had an experience where I listed a property and I got a tenant secure within five days. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. How are the property turns between tenants? Tenant turns. Like how much do you have to do? Well, like, like yeah. So when a tenant leaves after 13 weeks, you know, tenant A leaves and tenant B comes in. Yes. What do you do? What's the timeline and what, what do you do for turning that unit? So they leave that by that day by noon. So, um, what I've, I managed, if I work from home, I I work from home that day. And if it's a weekend, it's even better. Um, I come in and clean the room. I do like another set of sheets because everything is for, I don't know if I mentioned this, but it's a fully furnished house, yep. mm-hmm. everything, uh, dishes, everything's included. They just have to move in with their suitcases. 
And so I come and do the turnover. Like I do clean the house, make sure the bathrooms are clean and make sure that everything um, like total shoes are always, you know, available for them. And I do give them a cute little like gift box or whatever they need um, and a card. So I set it up and I do that within an hour or two. So that takes you two hours to, to clean and prep? Yeah. Okay. And to post all the stuff, and again, once you have the systems down and you everything's, you know, you're, you're a systems person, um, how many hours does it take you in general to like put up a listing, manage applicants, get a tenant approved? Is that five hours, 10 hours, 20 hours of the work over that 30 to 45 day period? I would say with the camera responses, because I already have the listing already uploaded in one of my drives and I just copy paste and put it up there and or the ones I already have in the furnished finders. I would say it takes minutes, to be honest, like, to respond. And if okay. they don't, by the second re- required inquiry, they just don't, they say, no, I'm not, I'm not willing to do the background check. I'm not willing right. to do the credit check or even the key check that furnished finders already have established. Uh, once I get that recording, uh, I mean, not recording, those records and everything yeah. else, um, it takes like 20 minutes to review it quickly and then um, make sure that everything is in place. I get the contract, I call them. So under five hours of work. I was like, yeah, hours at most, like, you know, and then you have the conversation. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for like, and that's what was on the trails, like Airbnb, like Airbnb can be very, you know, it is very uh, intensive. Someone's cleaning the property, either you or hiring someone. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're able to get like great, you know, you're making more rent than Airbnb and putting a lot less work into there. Yeah. Like what, five hours, so 10 to 20 hours a year to keep all four rooms per room filled. Yes. Like that is, seems like a an amazing ROI on your time. Yeah. Actually, one of my housemates gave me this advice, uh, <clears throat> comment yesterday. He was like, um, <laughs> he's like, I know you like to clean because I keep my common areas like clean all the time. And I think that's what makes it easier yep. for them to move in. And he's like, I think you're a little bit too intense. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just rather have things clean. Like, you know, if somebody were, because when a turnover comes in, it only takes me in 45 minutes to like remove the sheets, wash them and even put another one or clean. And if they, they, I can, I can tell that it, I just rather go get another better sheets or whatever yeah, and then right. change them. Um, and, and so it doesn't take me that long to clean that one or two bedrooms because yeah. the rest of the house That's is That's awesome. So. All right. So any horror stories? Um, you, you've like got a year and change of operating this property. Horror we talk stories. about lots of good stuff. Let's talk about some bad stuff here. Okay. Some bad stuff. I think I only had one. And I think it's back to the criteria. I had one tenant in the moving the guy from Facebook and she was good. She paid on time. She paid even days in advance. But I think the dynamics was like, um, if somebody's not as clean, I don't, I don't expect them to be as clean as I am, but at least respect the common areas. Yep. And she just, she wasn't, and she couldn't. And I think it had to do also with many differences. Like for instance, um, she just first moved out of his of her home for the first time. She was a little younger than the rest of the housemates. Nothing wrong with that. It's just, I can tell like the differences in, in generations and um, how to the upkeep was the biggest oh, yeah. thing. So that was, I want to say a horror story, but she just, no, I don't want to live here anymore. And just, you know, left and. That was it. Oh, oh that's not a horse. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's that was, easy there. Yeah. And I that's, think that's, that's great. The only that's one just too, not the right fit. And that's not even that bad, but it's not no, the right fit. It's not. Fit. And another one is just like living with friends, especially with best friends. Like, um, I love my friends. I come wrong. Um, it's just they get to learn the boundaries and get to learn 
It's different when you hang out versus where you live with them together. So I think I, if I lived with most of my best friends, we would not be best friends anymore. We, we all do well, yeah. small dose of each other. <laughs> so yes. I'm, uh, I'm impressed that has that caused any issues either on the friendship level or because you have to wear like it's, it can be odd, too, because you're like, hey, I got the friendship hat on. We also have to then sometimes put the landlord hat on as well. And that can be I have definitely had experience of just, you know, growing as a human, um, being able to kind of like switch roles like that. Well, hey, we can be buddies, but hey, you you owe me money or hey, you need to do this. You didn't have to switch roles. Have you had any issues with that on either hat that yes. you're wearing? So when it comes to the tenancy, like um, I'm very straightforward. I'm very um, blunt and honest sometimes. And so not sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but be direct. Direct. Yes. I and part of my line work as an auditor too is like most about facts. And so these yeah. are the facts and this is why I see stick to on. But the stick to. However, with friends, it's you have to navigate that very carefully and understand, let me have a talk with you. Like how can I help you or how what is it that I can do? And sometimes you just and for me as a control someone who likes to have control over things, I cannot control those items. So I just talk, resolve that issue. And if there's no, like you said, progress or growth, but at least I know that my part has been handled and I just relinquish that power and say, let it go. Well, I think you're right. You know, you, you, like you said, you have the boundaries and you set those expectations and, you know, it's no different than someone you don't know that like, these are the house rules basically. (laughs) Correct. And once you have the conversation, it, it, it works smoothly. Um, you just gotta just attend to their needs or, you know. Just understand that that's how friends are too. So yeah, and it comes back down to I mean, you have the you have the rules. I think being direct is a, a very useful skill for everyone to develop, um, and just good communication. Like it solves so many issues across the board and helps you be a proactive landlord. And as you talked about, it creates that like win win relationship. Yes. So um, I know there'll be people that want to reach out to you. I know you're very active on social. You got your social stuff. You're doing stuff for the Rocky Women's Mountain Group as well. Yes. Where is the best place for people to connect with you and also kind of follow your journey? For sure. So my Instagram account as well. Um, that's be the first line of accent defense, but the first line of contact. that's your go-to, right? Yes. Your main, yeah, my main one. They can follow me at Irina Creating, and um, also they can follow the Rocky Mountain Women Invest um, information or Instagram to reach out to us as well. Cool. We'll put those in the show notes as well. But like, um, Irina is great at documenting things, sharing tips. So if you're a house hacker out there, I would definitely recommend uh, following her to learn some tips. All right. One last question here for you, because you're now got two years of house hacking experience. If you go back in time and talk to Irina two to three years ago or other future house hackers and say, hey, I learned this for last. I learned this last two years. What advice would you give to your younger and experienced self or newer house hackers? Oh, for sure. Oh my God. Yes. Um, first of all, um, my biggest thing that I did was I network and learned the process. I learned real estate and education is important. Education cannot be taken away from you. So if you go back and I would do the same, I will go study, go to meetups, learn individuals who've done it because you get to learn from experienced individuals. Um, and always trust the process. I think sometimes when I remember trying to back out from that property and um, I would go back to her and be like, just trust the process, know that this is 
you did the numbers. Mm-hmm. You just got to wait and see how it's going to turn out or pivot if you need to. But um, yeah, education would be the number one thing. I would say individuals like go learn, you know. And education is free right now with Bigger Pockets, your podcast, and I, even the meetups that we have with Rocky Mountain Women Invest. Education is so accessible now and networking is so accessible now. So sometimes we, we tend to think like, well, I don't have money to do the deal. But then you don't even know if you're just three people away from having that resource exactly you know and then just oh i have the deal but then somebody else can have the resources and then you connect and it's a win-win so education is always a must in networking for me well said irena thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was great awesome to catch up and congrats on the success you're having with your house hack we'll be back on the future when you have house hack number two up and running to for learn sure. from that Yes. All right. So everyone, thank you for watching. If you guys have any questions, reach out to Irina. Always feel free to talk to me, Stacy, and the team. We are here to help you figure out the best way to go out there and build and optimize your portfolio here in Denver. Talk to you soon.